Welcome to Episode Party, a podcast about some of our most favourite podcasts. Uh, I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Mr. Jack Tutor. Hey, Jack. Hey. And uh, this week, our special guest is Mr. James Walsh. Hey, James. Hello. I'm I'm Freddie Harrison, by the way. I didn't introduce myself at the beginning, and now we're all introduced. So, uh, James, let's let's do the backstory very quickly. Is that you and I shared an office together briefly, 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 but beautifully uh, in 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 Edinburgh. And I, I know that you're um, you're a bit of a podcast fan. I know Edinburgh is a kind of like a wonderfully walkable city, and I know that you're you know partial to listen to a podcast on a walk to and from work or wherever you happen to be going. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is absolutely fair to say. That's why I think I like podcasts so much is because i i think it's quite interesting with podcasts is that they can be quite situational sometimes the kind of podcasts you listen to and the kind of podcasts you like are the ones that kind of fit into your lifestyle oddly which is very different in a way to tv and film and other kinds of culture they're very much like a part of our routine instead of something we stop and do to, as, a, yes. as a way of relaxing or zoning out um so yeah i do a lot of podcast listening when i'm walking and when i'm driving and i never listen to them at work i never listen to them when i'm trying to do anything else i never have them on in the background um i i kind of consume them <laughs> nice <laughs> very good um so we, we've we've all picked a podcast and uh for this episode jack you're up first so tell us about your recommendation sure so Sorry, my voice is ridiculous. I was at Glastonbury this weekend. This is an appropriate intro. So um, <clears throat> but I s- sung basically all of Radiohead songs for them. And now I can't really talk very well. But basically... That's very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? They appreciate it. And um, I saw a comedian as well when I went to Glastonbury called Josie Long. And the main mm. reason I went to go see Josie Long is because I have become a rather big fan of her podcast called Shortcuts, which is my recommendation for this episode. And Shortcuts is essentially a collection of short documentaries and quote-unquote adventures in sound, which are all woven together around a particular theme each time. And it's a very strange podcast, I think, because I think short documentaries doesn't really do justice to the sense of transience that this podcast has you as a listener float between stories it's beautifully edited um you are just guided between filled recordings between narratives you almost feel like a member of public just sidling through a public location and picking up bits of conversations and lingering to hear the uh, end of something that you've just nosily come into and um I, I I just think it's wonderful. I think Josie is excellent. She uh, is a comedian that I really like. I think her delivery is awesome. She's got this sense that she's always about to laugh and almost as though she finds 
trivial things and coincidental things funny and she's always on the edge of having a little chuckle about it which i really like because mm. i mean that's essentially how i live out my <laughs> existence as well um it's just <laughs> giggling at inane crap so we would get on i feel but ba- inane crap isn't the right word this is a lovely <laughs> podcast <laughs> do you think she's listening to that <laughs> it might happen no, so she she enjoys laughing at, at pontifications about the coincidences in life. To clarify, I like laughing at inane crap. Maybe we're not got that much in common. But basically, so the one that I put forward as the recommendation is one called Postcards. Uh, and the theme is um, basically people who are far from home. Um, and there's just an array of little stories, some quite poetic. There's uh, one at the beginning about someone f- just finding postcards, coming across postcards and being enamoured with them. There's another one which is essentially about um, audio postcards which have been sent from a grandmother to her incarcerated grandson and basically just accounting life as it happens without this person um, both in the sense of the activities that persist in the absence of this person who's in prison but also the pontifications over what that absence means to the situations which you know is i think it's really beautifully done there's also some really much more abstract stuff there's a poetic piece right at the end which yeah is very poetic uses a lot of recurrence in in terms of the delivery of particular words and some very strange sort of vocal overlays like almost vocal harmonies in its delivery there's another one i listened to earlier called the witness which is beautiful as well which is about people who have witness things um about people who see a lightning storm and the way they tell their story is just great i just think she's got an awesome uh i don't well i say josie's got an awesome ear i mean sure she's involved in pulling it together there are a team of producers involved as well but i just think it's beautiful and the music is great as well freddie what do you think of this podcast I right so I'm a little bit mixed on it right now you probably sold it to me more just now than I did listening to postcards I really liked the the theme of postcards like I find the whole especially like that when she was talking at the beginning about how you know if you go into a charity shop or you know something like that there's, there's always lots of old postcards in there um, and it kind of reminded me of this Twitter account called past postcard which is just pictures of old postcards with like a line taken out of context, um, which I really love. Um, so like, there's, there was one I just I found a few minutes ago and I was preparing, which was just a, it's a postcard of um, Piccadilly Circus. It probably looks like it was the kind of 60s or maybe even the 50s. And uh, the line just says, um, if we find our way out of Harrods, I'll write to you. And that's it, um, which I really love. Um, but... So I, I'm kind of like, I really like the subject matter and I, I liked the kind of, I guess like it's kind of like a magazine style show, isn't it? Where you, you, you got loads of bits of things that all have a theme that brings it all together. I did, I did really enjoy that. At times I felt kind of like my attention waning a little bit. Um, but I think overall, I, I think for me, it's going to be like a slow burner. I think the more episodes I listen to, the more I'm going to enjoy it. I think the way you've just kind of described it, Jack, was um, just, just, you know, you've, you've sold it to me <laughs> on, a, on a greater level there, which is which is really cool. Um, I really like JC Long. Um, I, I like to kind of the way she introduces it. It feels like kind of like chatting to an old friend. Mm. Um, 
and and I, I did like some of the, some of the parts of the, parts of the episode. Maybe I just need to listen to it more and 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 kind of immerse myself a little bit more than I already have done and try and you know really get into it, which I think I will. Yes, I think I will. That is correct. You do need to do that. Um, I, I think <laughs> um, I do think though it is. I, I can see why you'd say that because I think there's a daydreamer's quality to it, and that yeah. sometimes can encourage a certain sort of your attention trailing off because it's so mm, mm. faintly strung and so seamlessly and fluidly put together there's no big yes. revelations it's just pass it feels like passing conversation but um all right then friends, yeah i fine. mean at the, be- at the beginning i kind of like it almost reminded me a little bit a tiny tiny bit of the memory palace which we've we've discussed before totally yeah. um just in that kind of like that nature of kind of a bit of storytelling around a, a thing or a subject that you know that's non-fictional it's just very interesting but yeah i, I want to get to know it more um james what do, what do you think i am similar in opinion to you fred i liked the concept of it and when it started I actually before I get going for this is one of the first podcasts I've ever listened to without knowing how long it was and right, right. <laughs> I no I think it, it kind of what interests me about that is that my opinion is normally formed about things before I go into them if I know how long it's like going in to watch a movie if you know a movie is two and a half hours long you're kind of sitting there going oh, oh my god and, yeah. and hoping, just hoping that it's going to be interesting for that long. And the same applies for podcasts. There are some podcasts, one I listen to every week, that is so, so long I have to constantly skip through it. And I know a lot of people talk about like Mark Maron's podcast, about constantly skipping through the first like half an hour of that because it's just him talking about himself until you get to the good <laughs> stuff. And so coming into this kind yeah. of blind and not knowing how long it was going to last for, I, I, it meant that I was letting it kind of take me on a journey more so than I probably ever have done with a podcast before. And in that sense, I loved the start because I, I am a fan of Josie Long's as well. And I like her irreverence and I like her kind of openness. She's very raw as a, as a, as a person. She's very willing and on, especially online in her social media, she's very willing to like put herself out there and make herself vulnerable and talk about what, when she's scared and anxious and happy and joyous. And it's all very, she's quite intense and quite kind of extreme in her emotions. And so, mm-hmm. I was quite interested to see that, and, and but what I think makes me interested in her is that she's always able to find the humour in that. And yeah. what I struggled with as the podcast went on was that it lost that sense of humour, and it lost a slight sense of like uh, lightheartedness towards the end, especially when it became quite abstract. And that was when I that was when I kind of it all got a little bit dour for me um and then it ended and it ended on quite a kind of what felt like quite a deep moment without coming back to Josie's kind of slight irreverence and talking right, about yeah. just, you know that and I feel like if you're if if it, if it opened with that it could have gone anywhere as long as it came back to that um mm. it's kind of my natural instinct to look at things from a kind of narrative perspective and um and think about things as a kind of as a kind of journey, I guess. But apart from that, I really I thought it was really fascinating, and I really loved. Again, I thought the prison sequence was. I mean, it's not a prison sequence; it's not in prison. But the whole idea of sending audio postcards uh, to someone in prison from his family was just. I thought I found that really, um, really kind of honest and very heartfelt and quite affecting. And I, yeah, I wanted kind of. I want. I almost wanted more of that. I wanted to know more about those audio postcards that this that this woman was kind of sending to people um but that's the risk you run i think when you make kind of 
um, when you piece a lot of things together in, in the same podcast, you, you run that risk of someone loving something and therefore something that comes after it doesn't quite have the same effect. Mm. Um, yeah. But overall, totally. overall, I liked it. And I, and I like, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, people like Josie Long, I think I'm very happy to trust her and, and go, yeah, listen to another one. It's fine. She kind of has a certain level of affection from a lot of people, I think, that, that, that buys her time in doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, she also yeah, has yeah. a really good podcast um, called The Book Shambles. Have you ever listened to that? No. 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 Tell me more. Uh, if you Tell read a lot, more. it's really nice. It's, it's her and Robin Ince, another comedian, and they, ah. they talk to authors and they also talk to book editors and they talk to comedians and actors, people who are just kind of like voracious readers. Um, and they talk to them, they get them to bring in like six books and talk about those books. And they've, they've interviewed Eddie Izzard, they've interviewed um, Reese Shearsmith from uh, League of Gentlemen. They interviewed a woman whose name I don't remember, but she was one of the panelists on the Booker Prize. And she was talking about how they read and how they approach reading. And it was, that was really, really cool. So you'd like that one, probably. That one sounds top. awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely Bonus recommendation there. Yeah, a little bonus, little bonus rec. Which feels like a nice, a nice point in which to introduce the headline recommendation <laughs> from you, James. Hey, but I am the radio uh, head of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you are kind of, yeah. I guess we could say that Jack's not going to say everything for you, though, so um, yeah. Um, but yeah. James, take take it away. Tell us about your recommendation. <laughs> well, when I when I recommended this, I went through the process of recommending it before I'd seen what you'd recommended. Um, okay. And okay. when I started yeah. listening to the other the other two podcasts and going back through kind of old episodes of yours. To, to remind myself of kind of what you focus on, I, I started getting a bit nervous that I'd essentially picked something that was very, very self-indulgent and very niche to my own <laughs> tastes. <laughs> because no. I, well, people, might not, people won't know that I am, I'm a screenwriter, so I write um, scripts for film and TV, and I am obsessed with film. My dad works in film, he's an, he's an editor, and so I've grown up... Uh, in the kind of both behind the scenes a little bit working on films but also like watching films and watching so much tv that it it, it starts to become quite detrimental to my health um and so <laughs> when there's a chance to talk about a podcast like dead pilot society which is what i'm recommending um i kind of jump at the opportunity but it's quite a selfish thing to do um so i'm really interested to see how you guys responded to it it's essentially a, a podcast that takes so in the states different to over here in in the u.s they they do pilots and they have a whole pilot season um for their tv shows and what there's this mad scramble at the same time every year where people are kind of pitching pilots and getting them commissioned they have to then make those pilots and a lot of those pilots go out on tv and if people like them then they'll then they'll get commissioned into a full series but there are so many pilots that don't get made good bad weird in between like there, there are thousands, and there is this, there is this kind of f- funny, uh, like underground myth about this kind of pilot graveyard where all of these fantastic scripts that just not enough people read because they didn't have enough time, or they were just weirded, they were too weird, or they were too hard to cast, or all these kind of silly reasons why people don't make things. Um, there are these these pilots that people have written and that exist in the ether, and that. And that kind of they put so much effort and energy and love into and then they just get kind of tossed aside and this podcast is a chance for those pilots episodes of mostly most of the the pilots they choose are comedy they don't do a lot of like one hour drama shows i don't think that'd be quite as appealing um they they take kind of 
unmade sitcom pilots and they, they're typically written by people who have then gone on to build a, quite a good career um, within comedy anyway. Um, and they take those pilots and they do a table read, which is when they obviously hire a lot of actors to sit down and they read through the script, but they read through it with all of the scene directions and all of the dialogue as written in the screenplay. So they don't, they don't necessarily bring it to life. They just, they really kind of sit there and read it. Um, and in a weird way, it's a, what I love about it is it's a very unique way of approaching scripts, which is so much of a part of my life. This is, the, this is one of the first times I've ever got a chance to listen to people read them aloud. Um, and it's also a good chance to have a really good laugh. The episode I recommended uh, is one of the, I think, one of the funniest things I've ever listened to. It's called Only Child. Well, it's about a pilot called Only Child, written by a guy called John Hodgman. John Hodgman is a, an actor who is quite successful now. He's, I, I kind of had to Google image search him, but once you see his face, I was like, yep, yeah, I know that guy. And he wrote a script um, that never got picked up and for, for understandable reasons that was essentially kind of autobiographical about him being a ridiculously kind of pretentious and snooty child growing up in a kind of dysfunctional family in a weird neighborhood. And But the best thing about this pilot was that he pitched it that he, he as a grown-up would play himself as a child. <laughs> Sorry, it's still funny now. <laughs> it's so good. So he, he had this idea and you can just picture him going into like really important network offices and pitching this idea to people and then going, dude, we love this. We love the script. It's so, so good. You know, and he, and he goes, let me just stop you there. Uh, you do understand that I, as a grown-up, am going to be playing this part, and you can see them just immediately go, thanks for coming in. Um, yeah. <laughs> we will, we'll be in touch. Because it's such a ridiculously stupid and unfathomable idea, especially there's a moment, because they interview all of the writers of the pilots at the start, and John Hodgman's interview in this is so, so funny. And he, because he's naturally a very funny guy, and, but the way he talks about himself and the way he talks about his own like ego is fantastic. And there's a moment when he talks about how, imagine how weird it is. You think it's weird enough that I'm playing a child. Picture when I, when I start a romance with a 14 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to it going, what the hell? What have you, what have you written? And, it, and it's great because that, that interview at the beginning really drove me to, to be excited about what was coming. And it didn't, it didn't let me down at all. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, and so that's, I, I've now listened to most of these episodes from Dead Pilot Society, but this is still the one that stands out for me. Um, so yeah, I'm really intrigued to, to, to know what, whether, what you guys make of it as a podcast, for starters, because it doesn't really fit side by side with the, with the kind of documentary nature of both Reply All and the last one we talked about, Shortcuts. Shortcuts, yeah. Yeah. Jack, you, you go first. I mean, I mean, we should say actually that that we welcome we welcome diversity in, in podcast choice here because sure. I mean, that's the, the whole point is that we we find stuff that we've never heard before. So um, that's it's always nice to hear something different. Um, but Jack, please please go ahead and explain well, how yeah, you felt about it first. And the, yeah, the podcast that this reminded me of in terms of what we've talked about previously was the Dead Authors podcast, which also um, has dead in the title, where basically it's on a previous episode 
where Paul F. Tompkins pretends to be H.G. Wells in his time machine and drags an author from the past back to the present to interview them. Uh, but it's some comedian doing an improv with absolutely no idea, really, having done no research at all and just blagging the whole thing. And there's a live audience. The energy is really high. The narrative kind of falls off sometimes because people are laughing too much and enjoying themselves. And this had that same joy and ecstasy to it where people are just having a really good time it's really funny it's funny that you say that it's people who have gone on to make a career afterwards because i can imagine getting to the end of a pilot that never was made and then going so what have you done since and they go nothing okay thank you for coming on (laughs) recounting your failures publicly so there's a um there's a real uh, there is an undercurrent of sort of sadness to the fact that these people are having such a good time and you're like, oh my God, why wasn't this made into a TV program? Yeah. But with this one, I was just like, there is no way that the TV program could be funnier than how this has been <laughs> recounted. Um, John is just hilarious. I actually listened recently to my first episode of Judge John Hodgman, the premise of which I think was... So if people haven't heard Judge John Hodgman, uh, this is how I understand it based on the episode I heard. He gets people, um, you know, just members of the public who are having some kind of squabble of some sort. So in the case that was the one I listened to, um, this guy insisted on wearing these like stars and stripes, like tight pants. Um, when I say <laughs> pants, trousers, sorry, Americanism. Yeah. Um, everywhere. And she was like, stop doing it. And so they just had a discussion about that, which as soon as I started listening, I was like, God, this is going to be hard work. But John is brilliant and drives that entire thing forward. And you can hear that running through this pilot that he's written, the fact that he's just a comedic guy. He's got a very strange sense of humour, which just comes to the surface at some points in just the most unexpected places and in the most unexpected lines. Um, the bit about his romance with that girl is so funny um, because there are points... It reminded me of Summer Heights High, watching Summer Heights High and then remembering that Chris Lilly is playing the role of like a 15-year-old girl or a 15-year-old boy <laughs> yeah. and just suddenly being hit with the reality of the situation of him prancing around with these teenagers and, and you know, just being ridiculous and being like... I you you laugh at the fact that it's funny but then you laugh at your ability to be bought into the scenario with such sincerity and I can imagine had the show been made you probably would feel some kind of empathy towards this uh, grown man trying to start a romance or thinking about you know kicking the clarinet in orchestra or whatever there's a bit where he, where he says it made me laugh uh, uh, he, he's just like how do you know how, uh, he's talking to some some girl that he fancied and she kind of clocked the fact that he wanted to uh, quit the clarinet and he was just like how did you know I wanted to do that and he says it with such severity um, that I just found so funny it, you know it, I don't think it was even a punchline but I was like this is just brilliant and his tone of voice is great um, are they all done in front of a live audience James? Yeah they are good yeah which is I think good, the, yeah. one of the really big selling points of the podcast is that it, it feeds off that because I think with especially with with comedy and with anything that's that's script or is narrative like that to feel uh, a room responding to it is really important oh yeah yeah I think there's there's definitely a catharsis to it in that it's releasing this thing into the world which I can imagine even as someone who's established a career to know that there's a work that you really put your heart and soul into I mean James you I, I, I guess in terms of screenwriting and stuff 
you'll be better placed than me to talk about this but I imagine there are just some works that are brilliant but it's not always quality which dictates what floats to the surface and what doesn't um but you know I, oh I, yeah I, no I'm not just, at all and that's yeah, kind of yeah. the beauty of it is that because the because the industry itself is so ridiculous and the way shows are picked up and the way the politics of it all and the way the, the decision making that is done at the kind of top level of, of TV of studios I mean some of the we, we've all watched something on television and thought how has this got anywhere near TV it's so it's so <laughs> awful and then to hear that so many good pilots and so many great shows have been kind of left you know left aside that's kind of the nature of, of all kind of um, of all the arts I think a little bit but especially I'll in totally the states and especially with TV and, and, and film there's a kind yeah. of in joke people just people are all in it together that they're all there's this lovely sense of community with it, with writers and creatives within TV in the states where they're just like we're all in this together we're all fucked let's just <laughs> desperately <laughs> desperately try and find something like funny to do um, and this is a kind of I think a really lovely way for the two guys who who kind of host it and run it is Ben Blacker and Andrew Reich and they they have done I think done something really really nice to is to to bring that to the surface and kind of and show it to people I think it's a really nice thing to do Oh totally it's like a, it's, it did, there's a therapeutic aspect to it I think and you feel like everyone probably mm. comes out of it feeling quite cleansed but yeah so in conclusion loved it will be listening to more by the sounds of what you're saying uh, this is like the absolute peak of it I'm still really intrigued to listen to others but I do think John is is really funny so yeah um, Fred's over to you yeah, I mean, I, I'm struggling to find things to say that you, you haven't already covered, so I don't want to repeat you, James, you were just saying about the kind of ridiculousness of the industry and, and everything else. I think this is such a wonderful way to kind of, one, highlight that, but two, pick up on stuff that perhaps justly or unjustly was never, never you know, realised in a, in a sense. But I think one of the things that I really took away from it, which I really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed the podcast as a whole, definitely need to listen to a few more, but um, one of the things I took away was this kind of thing where something that's so raw and unformed still um obviously the scripts the scripts been written but it's it's never been realized in any grander sense so and and you know you said at the beginning that the table read is very matter of fact and i think one of the nice things about that it kind of reminds me of in some ways of, of just reading books where um there hasn't been a, t- a tv or film adaption and and you kind of your mind fills in the blanks for you and you start to imagine uh what what the set would look like and and what characters would look like and and i i kind of really like that kind of reminds me of you know when I, when I first read Harry Potter, this was way before the, the film started, and and you know I kind of had an idea in my head of what characters looked like, what what locations looked like, um, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I started to do it with this as I was listening, and you know, and I imagined this house that he was living in. Uh, weirdly, I imagined it like the soap factory in um, in Fight Club, but that's the, you know that's a whole different thing um, because that was the that was the, that was the kind of weird place that kind of came up in my head, and and I started to kind of imagine where people were, and you know know when when they when they do the bit when it cuts to the far future when he's like watering in the space station kind of thing and, and I, which i really loved it was but i all i could think of was like um what's the film that recently came out with matt damon where he gets stranded on Mars? martian the martian martian it reminded me of the martian but like in the way that i could place this character in the set of the martian and it was just really lovely and and, and in some ways and you know for one reason or another this this well i think we've already discovered the reason why this never got made but um I think it's just nice in a way because it allows you to kind of create your own your own version of it in your own head and I, I just really enjoyed that aspect of it I think as a format and as a podcast um, kind of 
idea i think it's it's brilliant and like jack you made a really good comparison to the the dead authors podcast which i think has a a similar kind of vibe in a way um but i i just yeah i just really loved like being able to kind of create the kind of the set and the characters and imagine what everyone looked like and imagine what places looked like in my own head as i was listening so um yeah big big thumbs up for that one james that's <laughs> nice work it's my turn isn't it sweet so i recommended a podcast which um i found it very quickly that james you're a fan of and i know jack you're a fan of it and it is a a real favorite of mine which is um reply all which is a show about the internet um is, is probably the best way to describe it but i think that would be kind of um yeah i think i think leaving it as a show about the internet and that's it is a good way of describing it because it covers so much ground it's not it's not technical i wouldn't say necessarily really in fact i think it's almost the opposite of technical um but it it, it kind of it it covers internet culture and kind of permeations of that culture and and how it kind of spills out into real life it's a it's a gimlet show i think it was the first show that they they kind of produced outside of startup um and it was kind of brought in in a way so alex goldman and, and pj who who um host the show used to host another show called tldr which was also a show about the internet and so gimlet kind of brought them in and said start a new show called reply all or you know start a new show and they call it reply all and and this is what they've come up with and i've been following it since the kind of very beginning and it's become the kind of podcast that if i'm kind of feeling a bit lonely or a bit down i listen to it because it's like sitting in a room chatting with friends in the sense that i kind of do have these nerdy friends who would sit and talk about internet culture and and those kind of things with me and i just really like it they go from kind of ridiculous to these brilliantly produced deep dark emotive episodes um that cover so much stuff that all kind of stems from this thing that's the internet and i think they do such a good job of it this particular episode i can remember first listening to it and not having a clue really what was going on and it actually took me probably two or three listens to really get my head around it but it's um about this uh this character who's a real person i guess you could say they're a real person sort of called zardulu <laughs> Um, and and Zarduli makes uh, these these kind of viral videos that started off with this video called Pizza Rat, which is about a, a rat carrying some pizza. Which I remember this story. Um, I remember this story about this rat in a subway carrying this slice of pizza, and it, and it seemed like far-fetched but not far-fetched enough that it couldn't be real and this kind of shatters it very quickly i don't think it would be a huge spoiler to say that it isn't real and it was set up but like who comes up with that um like who comes up who goes i'm gonna make a viral video of a rat carrying some pizza in the subway and apparently that's Zardulu. so this episode kind of exposes that story and tells the story of how that came to be um from the perspective of a guy who i believe was an actor who was just looking for work and he he got in touch you know he somehow got in touch with Zardulu, who had him working on these videos as well so yeah I, i find it really interesting and i think this is probably one of the that like kind of real good examples of what reply all is all about which is kind of taking these things that kind of originate on the internet and then talking about the kind of i don't know like the human side of it i guess i I don't want to be too um it's talking about these people behind these weird things that happen on the internet which is what i really like and every everything that happens within kind of reply all that seems a bit abstract or a bit weird they they very quickly go okay and we track down the person who said this or we track down the person who created this or did this and we spoke to them so i, I yeah like i say i'm a big fan and, and I, I know you're both big fans but um 
I'd love to know, you know, what what it is about these podcasts that y- you like. Jack, do, do you want to go first? Yeah, I love it. Um, is it. This is like one that I guess I listened to way back when I only had about 10 podcasts on rotation. Um, less, let's say like five. And it was one of those things where Gimlet was just getting up and running. And startup had obviously been the podcast uh, upon which gimlet started uh, and which was already really enjoyable but it was that first foray into something that was based entirely on a concept that wasn't related to setting up the company and so it w- i was really intrigued to see how gimlet was going to make its first i would say first proper mark and it was great from the off and it continues to be great the two hosts have some of the best dynamic between them of any two mm. hosts that i listen to on any podcast um they're really funny i think as you say freds they're really nerdy but not in a way where they're so stuck up in the internet and can't find their way back again to where i am going yeah. wait guys what the hell yeah. are you talking about um i barely know what a meme is and they have particular features of the show like yes yes no where they get their boss in to say, you know, their their boss, uh, the head of Gimlet, Alex Bloomberg, comes in and says, I found this tweet. Can you tell me what it's about? And they deconstruct mm. it together and it plays out like this mystery. And I don't know about you, Freds, but they've never brought one in where I've gone, ah, yes, I know what that is. I've always been like, no idea what that means. And so I'm very much on Alex Bloomberg's side. And I think they acknowledge <laughs> that, in fact, there is something funny about the fact that they are unusually plugged in to the internet and its goings on. Um, yeah, uh, and and that they they do need to make allowances for you know the layman, and their their, their whole aesthetic is based around that. Like these stories are absolutely fascinating. They go right into the recesses of the internet, and yet they are just great. As you said, Fred's like there's a, a human balance there, and they're great human stories. And also the human part of it, I think, largely comes from the hosts themselves because. Especially on this one, this was a freaking great choice, friends, because I'd forgotten all about this one, but listened to it when it came out. And then listening back to it and listening to the, like, Alex in particular, Alex Goldman, one of the hosts, who's kind of driving Mm. this story. And his, as soon as he, I mean, I think a lot of it is theatre, but as soon as he starts to think that some of these viral videos might be staged every question he asks of every interviewee comes around to the fact it's like yeah but do you know what you know and a lot of them (laughs) start to go oh god i don't know like and then they go well there was a woman there who maybe had you know she maybe she was involved in staging it or there's other people who there's one they interview interviewee called laura who just seems so fed up when they when he basically goes yeah but how do you is it is it completely infeasible that there was someone you know um staging all of this she's like i guess i couldn't say that there wasn't definitely 100 percent, but like in a way that's <laughs> like all right i'll play your outlandish game but mm. i love that they're just uh, and i yeah i just think that their personalities drive it they're able to do things which completely seem to refute the remit of the show like, do you remember that one, uh, either of you guys, where they just said, we're going outside for a day? They basically pretended they were going to yeah. start a show and do this really mundane thing, like an interview with the oh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever listened to that one. Oh, it's like, it's ridiculous. They start phoning an interviewee and then he doesn't pick up. 
and then they go oh screw it let's go outside and it's just them taking a trip round um is it new york where they're based I yeah that's remember. new york yeah yeah and they yeah. they go into this abandoned building and they run into a goat and have a bit of a, a face off with this a standoff with this goat and you're just thinking none of this is online but they can get away with it and then they did that one where they basically said we'll take phone calls to this number yeah. for how 48 hours was it and you 48 hours yeah but it was they, like non-stop 48 hours yeah which is again it's like I mean, I think it had a tenuous link to someone else who did it before. Maybe you know, they, you can always draw yeah. it back to the internet, can't you? That's the wonderful thing about it is that yeah, you know, the, the internet <laughs> tendrils run through everything. But um, yeah, I love it. I haven't listened to it in ages. Actually, I've kind of gone away from Reply All, but I'll be going back to it now because you know Zarduli got me hooked. So yeah, <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah, I I absolutely bloody love this episode. I just I haven't. I think I listened to it. I'm not entirely sure. I when I started listening to Reply All, I haven't I haven't been following it since um, its early days, like you guys. Cause it's been around since what, like 2014? Wow, I think wow, something that like that. Yeah, I just had a, I just had a little check online. It's 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 yeah. I think the first episodes were like 2014. It <laughs> seems crazy, um, yeah, but wow. you can feel that in the production and in the chemistry, like you say, between between Alex and PJ. They are they're such a wonderful pair of people to to listen to talking to each other um and that's a very 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 hard thing a to have with anyone at all but b to keep going and and not what i really admire about them is they've they've never all the way through their episodes they've never they've never seemed to have changed they've never like they've never upped the game they've never like tried to do anything bigger they've never they kind of know what they've got and they know what they're good at and mm. they like each other's company, and you don't ever get a sense yeah. that that is an act or that it uh, that it will wane. It just feels like something that they could do forever because they would do it even if you weren't listening. And I, lo- I think that, though, especially these kinds of podcasts, which are very much driven by their by their hosts, you need to get that sense that like it isn't just for you; it's for them. They're doing it for them because they yeah. love yeah. it, and that's totally. what that's what then generates that energy and that and that affection within their within the audience. And this episode was just. I think I did listen to it, but I think I, like I was about to say, I took this podcast on when I was at my kind of peak podcast saturation. Um, right. right. And I was listening to like stupid amounts of stuff that I didn't really care about, but I felt like I had to stick it out, which I've realized that like recently you don't have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you're not like tied into any sort of contract with these people. It's great. Mm. You can just go, mm. don't like you anymore. Bye-bye. And I did that with a few podcasts. And it really freed me up. And since that, like, there were always times when I kind of go, oh, my, my memory's getting a bit full on my, my phone. Oh, here we go. Swipe. I'll delete a load of podcasts because they're ridiculous and they're chewing up space. So I just swipe, delete a load of podcasts I haven't listened to in ages. And I cannot yeah. bring myself to take reply all off my phone. No, because no. it just I know that like you say Fred when you when I'm a little bit like when I've maybe got half an hour instead of an hour to listen to something or I just can't quite be bothered to delve into something that's like super duper deep or really intense about a certain thing that I'm not that bothered about that week I can I can flick this on and I know that they'll always bring something to me that is interesting at the very very least it's interesting sometimes it's fascinating and kind of revelatory i do find sometimes with podcasts like this that do that kind of that have that documentary kind of reportage kind of style to them they're 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 going out and they're finding stories because there are so many of them around there is only a limited amount of kind of weird 
factual stories that, <laughs> that exist in the world. And what you sometimes yeah. find with podcasts like this is that they, they're trying to force mystery and drama into something that actually isn't really that interesting totally. and there yeah. are there is the odd mm. episode of this where i'm like mm, yeah i think you realized during while you were making this that it wasn't that interesting and you've kind of yeah. tried to you've really tried to ratchet up the tension <laughs> with the production and you can kind of feel them do that and then it ends and you kind of go uh, that wasn't yeah fine but you know yeah. that the yeah. next yeah. one is probably going to be better and the one after that and so yeah. when they do find those stories like this that are those kind of little they're very very good with a rabbit hole they love just going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into a story and like you say like i do think they are eager to always like assume that something more is going on when the rest of right. us might go i don't think so i think it's just a normal yeah. thing happening <laughs> they're the ones who always go no no but 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 is it though yeah like, is it that <laughs> yeah. thing or is it this thing and everyone goes i don't know um, yeah. and it's wonderful and i really really like it for that yeah. i really like it for that i don't know if you've listened to uh it was quite a recent one it started off with a story about the girl who bought an apple watch and she had it for a couple of months and she didn't like it so she sold it on this like ebay like website and uh some guy got in touch and was like yep sure can you send it here and and through like some kind of basically he he kind of stole the apple watch he never sent the money or the money got retracted and he he never he never paid for this apple watch so this girl was like oh you know rightly pissed off and she wanted to go and track this guy's address down but she was like you know a kid basically and her parents were like no you can't do that so they were like we'll do it for you so they go off and they they find this address which actually happens to be an address of like a shipping forwarding company for the kind of services like uh, in the majority like russia and this shipping forward company is like i mean i don't know whether it's true or not but they, they were they whether it was genuine or not but they were you know completely shocked that the, their service was being used to this level for such fraud and they kind of were aware of some of it but they didn't really know what to do and all the rest of it and anyway so that so like you'd think okay well that's kind of case closed that's what's happened there's some frauds to somewhere has used this shipping company blah, blah blah but then they're like okay cool so then we got some gps devices and we stuck them in the post and sent them to some of the fraudsters <laughs> from the information we got given from the shipping company. And like, so basically the, the funny part of that is that the, 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 all the GPS devices run out of battery before most of them leave the US, which is pretty useless. <laughs> um, then they get the details of the guy who apparently stole the Apple Watch and they get a Russian speaking journalist in the US to ring up this guy and speak to him and try and understand what's happened and whether he will ever like give her the money and all the rest of it. And he just goes and goes and goes. And I think there's another episode of this coming out and I can't wait because it's just so funny. I love the fact that they, 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 they you know, like a dog with a bone they just they just go with it and they just keep going with it and i think that's that's the wonderful thing about it is brilliant and because well there's a lovely playful nature about it as well it's even the kind of even the most serious things that that kind of genuinely do frighten them or upset them there is always a there's always a sense of it's not the end of the world and we can find we can find kind of lightness and humor in it all and that's really i think that's what really keeps me listening to it yeah I'm, i'm glad you you're both big fans of it too Real it's very fans. very good and also <laughs> if you like that here here comes wreck number three if you like that Go there's on. a show called, have you ever listened to mystery show ah mystery show love mystery show there was an episode of the mystery show recently which reminded me of this where she's trying to get in touch with jake gyllenhaal to find out how tall he is yeah yeah <laughs> that so is one of the that is one of the best episodes of any podcast i've ever listened to it's absolutely genius and that's it's similar to this like she's kind of this pesky 
self self confirmed uh, detective who basically will only solve people's own personal ridiculous problems. And someone just wanted to know how tall Jake Gyllenhaal was, and she was like, "I'm on the case." <laughs> and she got out there. And she started trying to tweet people to find out how like how tall he was. Then someone she knew like saw Jake Gyllenhaal in a restaurant, but but went up to ask him, and he wouldn't tell her how tall he was. And it was this brilliant like ever expanding weirdness of a case and then like to spoil it a little bit but it's fully worth Go it on. she she eventually ends up on the phone with Jake Gyllenhaal for the last like 10-15 minutes of this podcast and they have the most amazing conversation their chemistry is like instantly brilliant um, and he's he's a dream and it's just yeah I loved it it was kind of it felt a little bit like this like you were, you were so grateful that she had been a weirdo who cared that much um, yeah, and I think the guys, the reply all guys, are quite similar to that. There's a point in it where um, I think it's the bit where you say in the restaurant, and then someone yeah. goes up to him and asks him, and he just turns to them and goes, "Why do people keep asking this question?" <laughs> and she's created this entire like paranoia around like he's he's aware that these people are circling him, and it is it's perfect indicator of how she just takes what is is the most trivial thing, but just for the sake of fun explodes it into this thing that actually you do buy into as this big mystery and and, there and is she, a, there is... sorry she delivers it as well with a real sense of like she 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 has this kind of lovely droll like approach <laughs> in her tone the whole podcast is she's like she talks about it as if it's deadly serious yeah, um, yeah. and she approaches all these tiny little stupid trivial investigations as if they are really as if she's a kind of like you know, someone in like a Raymond Carver novel. She takes it so, so seriously. Uh, and that's what really, and it's always very tongue in cheek and you know that because you can kind of tell by the, the tone of the show, but it's, yeah, it's great. It's really good fun. Love it. Yeah. Um, great recommendation, James. Great recommendation number three Sorry, of thanks. this podcast. You are a, a gem of a guest, I think, is a, is a, fair, <laughs> it's a fair thing to say right now. Um, and, and on that note, I think we, th- we should wrap up because I think we've, we've covered everything quite succinctly. But um, it's, it's been great. It's been, a, it's been a real triple hit of great podcasts and, and two bonus recommendations from James as well. Wow. So, James, thanks very much for uh, being on Episode Party. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a... It's been a treat. If if people want to want to to find out more about you and, and find out what you're thinking and feeling, where can they find you on the internet? Oh dear God, um, <laughs> I'm on I'm on Twitter at Walsh P James, uh, excellent. Where I am quiet most of the time, but will retweet stuff often about scripts and things. Um, and that's it. Don't find me. <laughs> Don't <laughs> yeah, find me. Done. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. All those retweets—they're good. I think you're right. You're uh, you're you're an infrequent, but the hit rate is pretty high. I'd say. Um, thanks so much again, James. Um, it's been great. Thank you very much, Jack. If oh, you want to you. find us, we are um, at episode underscore party on Twitter. We mainly only tweet when new episodes come out. But if that's how you want to find out when we've got a new episode, you can do that there. Or if you just want to randomly hit up our website and just keep refreshing until a new episode comes out, we are episode dot party on the internet. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Thanks. Goodbye.